You're listening to episode 21 of the Nurture Me podcast. I met our next guest at an event a few months ago, and her passion for what she did was inspiring, and it made me want to ask more questions. Something that I knew very little about before, and something that's not often talked about uh, amongst people or women, more specifically women, I guess, um, because they have more issues with this problem and tend to sweep it under the rug as normal, even though common is not normal. So Annette Gruel has been working as a registered physiotherapist since 2012. She has experience working in Alberta and Ontario, and she treats all levels of ages and fitness levels. She has developed a passion for women's health after having her baby in 2016, and she understood that there was a need for in-home pelvic floor physiotherapy services, specifically for new mothers. This started her journey towards developing a company catering towards women and their pelvic floor dysfunctions. So Annette is certified in pelvic floor physiotherapy, postpartum corrective exercise, Mulligan's concept of manual therapy, neurodevelopmental techniques, K-tape pro and functional dry needling. And she believes in adding value to each treatment session by using creative and individually tailored care plan to aid her patients in their recovery. She's energetic and loves helping people through their recovery. And in her spare time, Annette loves to read, paint, swim, travel, and spend time with her family. So I'm excited to bring this topic of pelvic floor dysfunction to you to help you understand where uh, you may benefit from pelvic floor physiotherapy. So I just want to welcome Annette to the podcast. You're listening to the Nurture Me podcast. The only podcast that teaches you how to transform your physical and mental well-being so that you can feel your very best. We firmly believe that life is more than another diet. It's time to hear from the experts and support the self-love revolution. Here's your host, educator, nutrition and mindset coach, Jenna Lesnar. So you are a pelvic floor physiotherapist. What is pelvic floor dysfunction? So I'm going to talk a little bit about what the pelvic floor is first. In order for you to understand what dysfunction is, we need to know what the pelvic floor is. The pelvic floor is actually an important muscle group that forms the base of our pelvis or the base of our core. It is like a hammock and it is there to support the muscles in our, sorry, the uh, organs in our pelvic uh, area, which is the bladder, the uterus, the bowels. Now, um, it is a hammock-like muscle, so it goes from the front to back, so from the pubic bone to the tailbone, and then from side to side, from uh, ischial spine and the obturator fascia that are on the side. It's a firm, supportive muscle group, and it controls bladder outlet and rectal passage, so it, ha- it helps with controlling that as well. As in any part in the body, it is not uncommon for this group of muscles to tense up and wrap around those pelvic organs, and that's essentially what a dysfunction is. So when there's an inability to control this muscle group, that leads to a pelvic floor dysfunction. That dysfunction forces you to contract uh, your muscles when you're supposed to be relaxing them. And that causes issues like urinary incontinence, bowel incontinence, or constipation, or pelvic floor pain, or even sexual dysfunction where you have pain during intercourse. That doesn't sound fun. No. (laughs) So can you tell listeners what pelvic floor therapy is then? So pelvic floor physiotherapy is performed by a registered pelvic physiotherapist who have received special training that allows them to assess your current condition and it forms the treatment plan to help you get better. 
It is now the first line of treatment, according to the Canadian Urological Association, even before you go into any surgery or they give you medication, they want you to try out physiotherapy first. It involves behavioral and lifestyle modifications. So there's pelvic floor retraining, there's bladder retraining, there is a strengthening of the tissues. There's a lot of things that you can do which can help relieve the tension and retrain the muscles. But you have to understand it's essentially another muscle group. It's just in a different area. So when you get your neck injured, you go to a physiotherapist, they assess you, they stretch the muscles to tell you what to do at home. So it's basically like this. So we're going to be doing soft tissue release. We target uh, muscles that need strengthening or the ones that need relaxation. We re-educate them with manual techniques. And there's a biofeedback electrical stimulation that you can use as well. And then there are strategies that help to improve the urgencies, the urgency triggers and how to suppress urges. So that's what we will do in a pelvic floor therapy session what essentially pelvic floor therapy is so in the past they used to do mesh surgeries and in order to help with urinary incontinence or prolapse so they would insert a mesh in that will lift all the organs up but now 15 to 20 years down the line that is actually causing more problems because when the scar tissue formed it formed around the mesh so it is so entangled at this point people have a lot more pain their symptoms have gotten worse but they can't really cut it out because they don't know where the mesh is and where the scar tissue is mm. so why go for invasive uh, uh, options when you have a conservative option which is known to be effective and it has no complications oh i love that that's the first option now yeah um, yeah, I think a lot of times in Western medicine, they jump right into either surgery or medications or something. So they want to take the shortcut, I would say. Yeah. Nobody wants to put the work in. Want to, okay, get in, get out, and that's it. But then they don't understand that there's a lot more other complications you can get from a surgery. There could be a bowel perforation where your bowels can start leaking in through your vagina as well. That does happen because surgeons, they're great, but then humans can make mistakes, you know? But then you have all those those set of complications that can happen. There, um, uh, there's scar tissue formation that happens. Scar tissue needs to happen in order for you to heal. But scar tissue is not muscle. So it doesn't have the property of relaxation and contraction. So it keeps on getting tight. A lot of your issues can get worse. They can get better, yes, but they can get worse as well. So why not just go uh, conservative and uh, exhaust all that first, then going the easy route and maybe uh, have a complication down the line, which you have not, you can do nothing about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. It makes total sense. What would lead someone to have a uh, dysfunction in their pelvic floor? So we have a very big misconception that that can only happen to people, uh, women who have had babies already, but that's not the case in reality. Anybody can have a pelvic floor dysfunction. Athletes that are actually training really hard, they can tighten up their muscles if their hips, their low back and everything, they keep on injuring them, they get tight. Pelvic floor, they're an extension of the pelvic floor. Everything is attached on top of each other. It's kind of an mesh. So if that's getting tight or you have an injury there, you might lead up uh, having injuries or you can have uh, tightness in the floor as well. So they can end up having issues from pelvic floor. When you have had low back injuries, like a direct a fall on the tailbone, or if you were involved in MVA, your low back hurts, it's recurrent, it keeps on coming back, you keep on getting treated. You have to understand understand at that point there's something else going on because you you're only treating the low back and the pain's not going away or it keeps on coming back there means that there is a component that's actually missing there was a study in McGill that they did where they found out I think it was 95.3 percent of women who had complained of recurrent low back pain ended up having a pelvic floor uh, component that was there that way they were having the recurrent pain Wow. It, it was pretty interesting. It, it was self-palpation, uh, so a lot of them didn't really want to do it, so we don't know if the number is higher. But when they actually went in their floor and they could feel that there were trigger points in the floor as well. 
So yeah. yeah. It's a good idea if you were planning to have a baby to just get your floor checked out, see if there's things that you need to work with because that will actually help you in recovering later and then getting connected to your floor as well. So if you later on, you need to start strengthening the muscle because it's gone through major trauma, right? Um, That being said, it's not just vaginal deliveries. It's also C-sections because um, again, scar tissue formation, they go, C-section is a major surgery. They go through layers of uh, tissue. And then when all of that is sewn up, you can have a really good scar tissue in there that needs to be malleable or it, it can cause tightness in the floor. Postpartum, especially if you want to get back into your fitness, if you were working out and you want to get back to it, people want to jump right into it, but you need to make sure your pelvic floor is fully healed and it's able to take that stress or down the line, you'll, you'll end up having more issues and prevention is always better than cure. So might as well just get it checked out, right? Again, like I said, if you've had recurrent low back pain, hip pain, pelvic pain, or you're having pain with intercourse, chronic constipation is also one of them. And it's really interesting that there was another study I was reading a couple of days ago that said that pelvic floor dysfunction often mimics uh, constipation type IBS. And that gets misdiagnosed. You keep on treating for that, but it's actually a really tight floor that's not really letting the bowels come out because you're not able to relax the floor. And men also suffer from pelvic floor dysfunctions as they get older. Some of the younger ones too, but as they get older, uh, they lose strength in their tissues as well, uh, especially after a prostate surgery. Mm. So yeah. Interesting. These are people who can actually benefit from pelvic floor physio. I would say everybody should get it checked out. We go yeah. and get our physical checkup anyways. We will get go to a physio for trying to go for a marathon run. We're like, just see if I have any injuries I need to work on. Then the pelvic floor needs to be treated the same way. Yeah. Again, it's just a muscle group, right, in a different area. Mm-hmm. And I think a key point to that is just awareness and getting people to mm-hmm. understand, like, what it does and the, the importance of it and how it can Yes, can- it's the awareness of your right. Yeah. And, like, that sounds like, pretty major of affecting daily livelihood when it comes to bowel movements, right? Yes. And you know, the surprising part is it's so normalized in media as well and within ourselves because we have we don't really talk about these things. So if there is an older woman who would say who's had babies in her friend group, she could say, oh, I, I laughed and I, um, I peed a little bit and everybody laughs about it. Oh, I did it too. This is new normal this is what's going to happen or this is my favorite example monica from friends she was talking about how there there was this guy who was funnier than chandler and she laughed so much she peed a little bit everybody laughs at that but and that's how you normalize it and there is ads for depends there's ads for adult diapers but why are we talking about that why aren't we talking about uh, prevention not getting there you know friends in themselves they're embarrassed about it sometimes they're like oh this happened now this is my life or they don't talk about it but if you See, you're not the only person. There's one in three women over the age of 40 that actually has urinary incontinence. That's a huge number. Mm -hmm. So you're not alone. And the funny thing is, it can't be treated. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we need to talk about this. We need to, I do, I mean, I talk about it with all, even my orthopedic patients. If they come in with pain, I'm like, oh, you know what, hold on a second. Let's just talk about this as well. Because if there is anything, they know that they can come and talk to me because I was the first one who just even asked them that question. And a lot of them, I have, um, women didn't even know that they can get physio for it and get, get it fixed. Yeah. Yeah. Does it affect menstrual cramps? You know, it depends. If you're getting contractions that are painful, then yes, sometimes yes. Does a muscle spasm during that time? Yes, you might if it's trying to expel something and 
like I said, it's good to just get it checked out. Interestingly, I did have a case where she had urinary incontinence where she leaks only in her uh, menstrual cycle. So when she was menstruating was the only time she would leak. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. Why she lost control then, I can't really say, but there were issues prior throughout her pelvic floor that she needed to address. Mm-hmm. And it was just the one, I think, cycle. And the next time she didn't even realize it. She called me. She's like, hey, can I come in? I'm on my period. And I'm like, yeah, because that was your problem, right? So this is the time to see what was going on. But she comes in and we're checking. I'm like, wait a second. You're on your period, right? She's like, yeah. Have you leaked? And she's like, uh, nope. And she didn't even realize it. Mm. And that was it. You know, <laughs> And she was wow. good to go after that. Wow, amazing. So you've talked about strengthening the pelvic floor. Is that like kegels or is that something different so yes kegels were actually named after the gynecologist who invented them dr arnold kegel in the 1950s they are actually a voluntary uh pelvic floor contraction that helps strengthen the floor yes but they're only effective if they're uh, done properly uh, and they're used to strengthen the floor and if you're having urinary incontinence due to a weak floor not due to a tight one so if you're having uh, issues that are coming from a tight floor and uh, you can actually have urinary incontinence or pelvic floor issues from a very tight floor as well. Tight doesn't mean strong. It just means it's tight. It doesn't have the capability to even have a, an effective contraction. It's that tight, right? Mm-hmm. So in that case, if you're doing the Kegels or you're doing strengthening, you're actually making matters worse because uh, you need to actually relax the floor at that point. And then we can work on strengthening if there's a strength issue. A lot of times, because um, we have heard Kegels all throughout our lives, I hate just do Kegels. You yeah. even hear yeah. your doctors tell you after you have your baby, okay, start doing Kegels. But one, you tell them to do it, but they don't really know if they're really using that muscle. Because once you have an injury or especially childbirth, you've had that major trauma on the floor, you don't even know if you're contracting the floor. You might be using a lot more uh, compensatory muscles that are around. So if I tell somebody to squeeze your posterior pelvic floor, posterior pelvic floor will be the pelvic floor on the back part near the tailbone. You'll see a lot of them actually will squeeze their glutes and the thing they're doing a pelvic floor contraction, but that's a glute contraction. So yes, they are very effective, but you need to know how to do them correctly. And if your muscles even have the strength to do them, mm-hmm. if not, then what you do is you need to stimulate the muscle to get them to a uh, a certain strength level so you can do them on their own as well sometimes you feel that you're actually doing a contraction and you feel that that's fine but when i'm on the floor and i tell you to do a contraction i don't feel anything there so your brain's sending a signal but it's really not reaching there so there's different ways to stimulate that and try to get the muscles to start activating again mm-hmm. um so there's a lot of uh, layers to strengthening and it's not just kegels where it's out there it's just like hey do kegels do them 10 times you might not even be able to do them two times you fatigue the third time how do mm-hmm. you know how many to do mm-hmm. and are you strengthening in that case no you're probably causing more dysfunction because now you're tightening the compensatory muscles because they're overworking right yeah so fascinating so go book an appointment with you <laughs> You know, like I said, everybody should just get it checked out. Yeah. Uh, So what are some of the signs and symptoms that signal that you may want to get your pelvic floor checked out? So we've talked a lot about urinary incontinence. So that's one of them. If you have increased urgencies when you feel like you're always running to the bathroom, you hear water, you're running to the bathroom, that's one. If you're not able to hold it in once you even get an urgency, once you get an urgency, it's not 
that you really just have to go, you still have some leeway. If you're leaking then, uh, you need to get it checked out. Leaking uh, or losing urine when you're laughing, you're coughing, you're sneezing, or activities like dancing, running, jumping, working out, lifting your babies, lifting weights, then you need to get it checked out. Sometimes you feel like you haven't fully voided your bladder. So you sit, you're done your business, you get up, you have a leakage, and you sit right back down. Or you get up, you feel another urge, you sit right back down. That means you're having some urine retention. You need to get that checked out as well. Chronic constipation. Like I said, it could be a really tight floor that's not really letting your bowels to go and you don't know, you don't know how to relax the floor. Instead, you strain. And that straining can lead to other issues like prolapse down the line. So if you're having chronic constipation, get that checked out as well. Prolapse, feeling of heaviness in the vagina. Sometimes if you check, you can even see a, a mass there, a, a, a ball of skin, for lack of a better word. People, when they first see it, they see the mass, their lump, they kind of freak out because they think it might be cancer, but not necessarily. It could be a prolapse. A lot of times I've actually had patients who had come in tears in their eyes because they're freaking out. They're like, there's something there, there's something there. But they're like, no, it, it was always there. It's your floor that's just, it's a prolapse, basically. If you have pelvic pain, you have recurrent low back pain, you have hip pain, good a reason to get it checked out. Pain with intercourse, that's a really good one to get uh, your pelvic floor checked out. If you have any increase in these symptoms after an injury, after a fall, or after an MVA, after you've been in a motor vehicle accident, let's say you've always had them, it was manageable, uh, you had a few leaks, but now after an MVA, things are getting worse, please get it checked out. Because with the injuries that you've had in your low back and your glutes and you're getting tightness there, uh, your pelvic floor is, has to work even more harder. But in the first place, it was already dysfunctional, right? Post-surgery. So if you've had an abdominal surgery, if you had a pelvic surgery, your gallbladder removed, if you've had C-section, with, because of scar tissue, that can lead to pelvic floor issues. If you want to retrain your pelvic floor after having a baby, then it's a good time to come and get it checked out as well. So yeah, there's a lot of conditions that you can actually, once you actually look at the pelvic floor, a lot of these things can start getting better. And it's, it is life changing. (laughs) There's sometimes people cannot go to trips. Their husbands complain because every five minutes they have to stop and go to the bathroom. So they have just given up going out anywhere. It's really, for them, they're stuck at home. It's a social thing as well. They don't want to go to family functions or they don't want to go out because they're always running to the bathroom or they might leak. Why are we suffering is what I want to know. Yeah. I think that a lot of times when we normalize things, we Mm -hmm. just because it's common doesn't mean it's normal. (laughs) Exactly. That is my motto, actually. Whenever uh, I hear, I talk to people, I'm like, yeah, it's common, but it's not normal. It can be fixed. That Mm -hmm. that was exactly the words that I use, actually. Mm -hmm. Because I talk about um, constipation and bowel movements with clients all the time, but Mm -hmm. from a different perspective. So since I met you, I was like, oh, well, maybe there's something else going on. Like we'll work on hydration and fiber intake, but if that's not going to work, then you need to see. There's something else. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. So what would someone expect on their first visit? So it's like any other physiotherapy appointment. When you first come in, the physiotherapist will sit you down and we'll go through your history. So there's a subjective intake where we'll be asking questions about your lifestyle, what's going on. There'll be uh, questions related to your current condition, as well as your bathroom and sexual habits that could be related to your symptoms. So there's an extensive history taking that we do. 
After that, there's a physical assessment, so an examination, which is both external and internal. So the external one will be taking a look at your posture, will be taking a look at the way you breathe. Why that is important is when we have babies, when this is especially, especially for the ones that have had babies, um, our body actually adapts into a certain posture. Our, we stop using a diaphragm, we start, we start becoming chest breathers, or you could see that if I tell somebody to take a deep breath, even if you take a deep breath right now, you'll see that your shoulders will rise, right? There you go. <laughs> but it's supposed to be your diaphragm. So there should mm. be very less movement here, if anything. It, it should all come from your diaphragm. Your diaphragm mm. is part of your abdominal canister. It's, uh, it's the top and the pelvic floor is the bottom. If you can get your diaphragm to move, your pelvic floor actually moves with it. So it relaxes and contracts with it. So coughing and sneezing, all of that is uh, a forceful expiration. It's a forceful movement of the diaphragm. When your pelvic floor is working with your diaphragm, when you cough or sneeze, it will actually tighten up automatically. That gives out after we're pregnant because uh, the, you're so distended, your diaphragm doesn't work. So that's why breathing and posture becomes very important as well. Uh, that's why we take a look at that. It's very interesting. Like there's a lot of little things we don't even think about that can be affecting the floor. Like it's something as simple as just breathing can even fix it. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, after that part, we take a look at the perineum, the external of the perineum. Perineum will be the saddle area. So we want to take a look at the skin down there and see if there's anything going on there, any concerns out there, the scar tissue, anything like that. Then there's an internal assessment. The internal assessment will be both vaginal and rectal. The reason why we do the rectal part is because the floor is actually a whole floor. Like I said, it was a a hammock, right? So it's front to back. I can't just go on one part, the front, and just check that out and ignore the major portion that is in the back. A lot of your strength comes from there. So we, it is a lot of times you think about it's uncomfortable, but it's really not that bad. It's just, it, it's weird, not going to lie, but it's not that bad. And then you get that checked out, you have a whole picture of what's going on in the floor, what muscles are working, what fibers are tight, what fibers are weak, what your endurance level is. Are you able to contract? Are you able to contract this many times? You also take a look at the compensations. Are you compensating with your abdominals? Are you compensating with your glutes? Are you compensating with your adductors? Adductors will be the inner thigh muscles. Are you closing your legs when you're trying to hold pee? You which a lot of us, we tend to do without realizing that it's actually a compensatory that helps the pelvic floor. So that will be the part of your assessment. And then once we have a problem list is when we sit down and we discuss your goals and we'll make a a special treatment plan catered to what you specifically need. Mm -hmm. So that is what you get in your first visit. So pretty extensive. Yeah, it is. Are they an hour long appointments or? Yes. So the assessment is an hour long and mostly the treatments are an hour long as well. I don't do too much in the first visit when it comes to treatment. I will work on the trigger points just to get you to help relax and then mostly work on your breathing and your posture and then slow get you to just start getting familiar with your floor. So I want you to know where your floor is, to feel it and be like, okay, so this is what I need to connect to. And then I like to have a follow-up the very next week because I don't want you to forget all of that. And then we go into the pelvic floor, work on the soft tissue, we'll have you do the contractions and based on your treatment plan and go from there. Mm-hmm. How many sessions does do most somebody people need? Yeah, well, somebody who's uncomplicated. And it's a very general uh, case. There's a very general case that we're talking about. Something between six to eight visits, you're good to go. 
Mm-hmm. And they're not all like all at once. Usual is the first uh, three to four weeks are coming in every week. And then it's every two weeks, uh, every three to four weeks, and then uh, six months to one year follow up. And most of the times I don't get those follow ups because they're really not having any issues by that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love all this information. And I think that it's key that we start to recognize the body as a whole and not mm-hmm. just like start bits and, like, and pieces of it. Yeah. yeah. So you, totally. can, you can work on that, but are you going to get 100%? No, because there's the body's all linked, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're just working on one component, you're ignoring the other, you're not going to be 100%, and that's going to keep on coming back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's because we have ignored a major, major muscle group, you know? Yeah. The thing, it works very hard all through our lives, and it really doesn't get recognized. It's pretty mm-hmm. sad, you know? Yeah. And I think people can get uncomfortable talking about it, but I think that is the thing that is, it is a very personal, you do get into their personal space and there's a lot of very personal questions and not everybody is comfortable with that, but you do go to your gynae to get your checkups done. You, when you're pregnant, you have to go there and get that checked out. Why is physio any different? If anything, it actually makes you feel better. They're, very different. Their approach is very different from a, a doctor, I would say. Mm-hmm. Well, I love what you do. And I think that it's great that I can help you bring this awareness out to, to more people. Yeah, I'm doing my part. I, it's yeah. a passion for me. I actually suffered myself. Yeah. So once I got pelvic floor physio done, it changed my life. So for me, I'm always talking about it to anybody who would listen. I'm kind of shameless in that aspect, but I think somebody has to be. Some somebody has to give, and it's if it's me, it's gonna be me. You know. Yeah, but no, that's what makes it it great, and that you're creating that awareness to help more people, right? Mm-hmm. And I haven't had children yet, but I'm like, well. If I plan to, then maybe I should should get it. Yeah, like do. I said, you know, prevention's better than cure. Get it checked out. See if there's something. Even if you can get um, familiar with it, so after you have a baby, you will know what muscles to start activating. You know, mm-hmm. and there are st- studies do prove that if you're active before or act- after an injury, you heal better and faster. So that applies to the pelvic floor as well. If you have a good amount of strength, you deliver, and then you can get it to start activating again you have less chances of getting any of those issues because you're actually working the floor. You're not ignoring it. Mm -hmm. Would it make delivery easier if you, you know, delivery is very complicated as it is and it's different for different people. So I, I didn't vaginally deliver. I can't speak from personal experience, but speaking from perspective as a physiotherapist, I do think the recovery is better. Mm-hmm. your healing is a lot quicker and faster if you know the muscles to activate you know and then down the line if you have a certain amount of strength you have less chances of getting prolapses you have less chances of getting the other issues yeah that makes sense it's like any other muscle right mm-hmm. it is like any other muscle group very yeah. ignored in a very private spot in a very taboo spot but yeah. just like any muscle group yeah okay awesome so where can listeners find more annette one, I would suggest people to read a book. Okay. It's a very, it's in simple, yes, it's in simple language. It can be found on Amazon. It's called Heal Pelvic Pain. It's got some very, uh, I've read that book. I've really liked it. Some simple exercises you can actually do as well and try to find your floor. So it's called, like I said, Heal Pelvic Pain. 
it's found on Amazon. You can check that out. You can check me out on my website. It's femphysiocare.ca, F-E-M-M-E, physiocare.ca. And on Instagram, you can follow me on Instagram and Facebook. I do post some useful information there. I also offer 20 minutes of free consultation via the phone to see if anybody has any questions. If they have had treatment before, they were unsuccessful because there is a lot of misinformation out there as well. It's very easy to go down the rabbit hole. And there's very little uh, awareness. It's better now than it used to be, but still. So I'm trying my best, like I said, to get my, the right information out there because there are people who actually need this and they might benefit from it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. <laughs> so you're located in Calgary. What if someone is not in Calgary? Is there a good resource for them to go find a pelvic floor physiotherapist? You can go on the college website. So we have a registration uh, college, Physiotherapy Alberta. Okay. Uh, you can go on their website and then you can actually search a physio there that does pelvic floor. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Well, I will put some links into your website and uh, the book that you mentioned in the show <laughs> notes. And thank you so much for chatting with me today. Thank you very much for having me, Jenna. Yeah. yeah, it was good. Like yeah. I said, I, I, this is a passion of mine. I love talking about this. If I can even get one person to listen I'm happy. (laughs) For sure. For sure. Well, I enjoyed all of the information. And thank you very much. I know. Listeners will find some value in it as well.